Welcome to the My Money, My Lifestyle podcast with me, Maya Fisher-French. And with me, Mapalomaku. Each week, we'll be discussing the stories we're working on and which you can read more about in the City Press. So you may remember, I think it was the end of last year and again in the beginning of 2020, uh, we discussed knowing your net worth and how important it is to understand that net worth calculation, the difference between what you owe and what you own, or should we say what you own versus what you owe, because hopefully what you own is more than what you own. Own is more. Yes, yes, exactly. So (laughs) we had that discussion last year and I'll I'll put a link into this podcast just to remind people to go back because it was such a brilliant conversation. I must say it was one of our highest listens. People clearly want to know what their net worth is. But there's so many other uh, as you call them, personal financial ratios that we can use in applying uh, to our our finances. It's not just about what you own, what you own. There's also a lot of other things, especially around debt, liquidity, our savings rates. So I thought it'd be really great just to to go through those and give people a little bit of an idea of other ratios that they can be using in their financial planning. So like, what is... Okay, so we know the the net worth calculation, but what is a savings ratio? So Maya, you know what? One thing I always say, and I say that numbers do not lie, okay? (laughs) You can tell yourself that, oh goodness, I'm doing well, look at my savings, I'm doing so great, or I'm, you know, my debt is low, but actually what does it look like in numbers? And for me, this article really was just um, saying to people, you know what, Uh, you might be thinking that, you know what, I'm, I'm doing too badly or I'm doing well, but actually what do the numbers say? And savings ratio really is the level of savings as a percentage to your total, total income. So it's how much, um, save, how much you're putting away divided by your net income. And this shows you of your net income, how much is going to savings. And when you look at that calculation, do you, what do you put, often people ask me this, what do you put in that savings? So for example, if you're paying extra into your mortgage, is that part of your savings ratio? You know what, Maya, that, that's actually a very good question. No one has ever asked me that question. But for me, I would say it is, but in the long term, if you think, if you kind of project it into the next five, 10 years, depending on how much you're saving on your mortgage. Because remember when you put more into your bond, when you put more into your house, it saves you money in the long term in terms of the interest rate. So for me, um, I, I, I definitely would. I would put it in there uh, because if I were to pay my bond over 20 years, but because of how much I'm putting it towards my bond, it's saving me an extra five years or three years. For me, that is some sort of a saving. I suppose it's really anything you're not spending is saving, really. So yeah. So how much of your net income are you spending and how much of your net income are you saving? It's actually not too difficult, I think. You don't need to over, people always try and find like loopholes or quick, like, how do we figure this out? It's that simple. If you're not spending it, you're saving it, okay? And, and by the way, debt repayments falls under spending. If you want to ask that, you are not saving money paying off your credit card. That goes into debt repayment. But yeah, so your savings is, is actually where you are building your wealth and building your, your assets. Um. And, and the other good tip as well around savings, you mentioned it, and it comes, there's also a um, this concept of uh, pay more tomorrow. So this is one way, you know, we always spoke, we spoke about with your net worth calculation, how you each year you can actually see if your net worth is climbing or not. It becomes quite a nice barometer for you just on your financial health. 
But you can also check that savings net income as another barometer, shorter term barometer of your, of your health. And one of the ways to do, of course, to do that is to commit to saving more next year. And you do that by going to your, either going to HR department and saying, when I get my salary increase next year, I want you to increase my contribution to my pension by 1%, you know, increase my salary. Uh, so say at the moment I'm contributing 10% of my salary, I want you to increase it to 11% of my salary next year. Um, and you can do the same thing with any of your debit orders. So if you've got a debit order going away every month into um, a monthly investment, you sign that little thing that says 10% escalation every year. And then it just goes up. And we are so bad at admin as humans that that's brilliant because you will never remember to go and say, oh, no, 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 change it. I don't want to pay that 10%. You'll just suddenly see it go off your account and it's happening and, and it's done. And we're very good at, at we, we, we live for, we, we, we need to make our plans for tomorrow that happen automatically because we're very disciplined about what we're going to do tomorrow. We're very bad about implementing it today. <laughs> so, so just, so just promise yourself and go and make the changes now. Oh, yeah, right. I'm going to, Tick the 10% escalation. I'm going to tell my HR to increase my, you know, contribution, uh, an salary increase and do it all that. And then that is one way to make sure your savings ratio starts to climb. Yeah, that is so brilliant, Maya. Actually, I, I watched, um, what is it, a TED Talk uh, around that, but I never really got it. I was like, what are they talking about? So if anyone wants to understand how money works in a simple way, listen to Maya, okay? <laughs> and, it actually- and, and in and in, in a, another way, on your investments as well, I know they normally, when you take out some sort of a retirement annuity or something that um, you said you contribute every month towards, they do have that option to say, okay, on the anniversary of this investment um, or policy for those who have policies, unfortunately, <laughs> and they do have that, uh, that question to say, okay, do you want to escalate it by 10, 5%, 10%, 15%. So that's exactly what Maya is talking about. And then you just learn to, yeah, as your salary increases, although right now it's probably not time to talk about salary increases, but one day when it comes back to normal and you actually have those <laughs> things again. Okay, yes. so that's the savings. But the big reason we don't have good savings to net income ratios, Mapolo, is because we have too much debt. So what is a debt to income ratio? Your debt to income ratio it really just reflects how much of your income is going towards servicing all your debts. So the credit card, personal loan, everything that takes money away from you. And and um I, I love the fact that you know what, you this one it has like a, a percentage. Your debt to income ratio must be at least below 36%. If it is beyond that, then you're in trouble. And we know, Maya, that a whole lot of South Africans, a majority of South Africans, their debt to income ratio is going on to the 60s, even 70%. Okay, and, and the other point that a lot of people don't understand is that 36% needs to include your mortgage repayment. Yes, yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah. So, and your car repayment. So I want you to work out if you're yes. only going to have debt of 36%, what car repayment can you actually afford and what home loan can you actually afford plus all those other loans that you have going off. Yes. Go do that number. It's going to scare you. And, and what I also find, Mapolo, is that a lot of people, they go off and they, they're still renting and they go off and they buy that car. Mm. Okay, we love cars. Okay, <laughs> we buy that car. We push our debt repayment ratio up to 35%, maybe 36%. So we're, we're at the limit and then we decide, I don't want to rent anymore. I want to I buy want a to house. Buy. Yeah. But that car, that car repayment Alone. is taking up yeah. 
yeah, it's taking out a huge chunk of the amount of money that you should be allocating towards your mortgage. So it's really important that when you look at that number, don't look at it as a target. <laughs> it's not a number to reach. It's a number that you have to consider that even when you want to become a homeowner, that it needs to fit in that. And the other very interesting thing is when I speak to debt counselors, they all tell me that 40% is the tipping point. So, which is why they say keep below 36%. Yes, because yes. 36%, there may be an emergency, there may be something that tips you over 36%. But the, if you are on 40% and you have any life event, that unexpected life event, you will land up being over and you will go into, into not being unable to pay your debts. Yeah. So that 40% they see as literally the, 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 the cliff face. Uh, once people reach that point, they become extremely vulnerable. Yeah. And Maya, for me, what I've seen, um, and I've actually just kind of thought about it um, in the past week, I did a coaching session on a young couple as well. Funny enough, I think because of the coronavirus, a lot of people as as couples are coming, are waking up to the fact that, you know what, they need to talk about money and start managing their money better, right? And they, like, randomly, randomly after I had gone through their, um, their statements, they said, oh, um, our cat needs insurance for this and that, and we're just going to put it on. I said, have you guys gone through your budget? You know, I, I love cats, I love animals, everything, but I, for me, it was just a reflection of how easy, how easy because of our lifestyle, we end up, you know, adding all these expenses to our budgets without even really considering. Um, that's just one example, but it was like small things like, oh no, I need a new phone. So the new phone wasn't really budgeted into that properly. So it's just going to go off the account, but actually they were at their limit. And this ratio, they were at, like at about 59 already going for 60 um, if I think about it but it's like those small lifestyle decisions that we make we're not making them consciously that ends up making our debt to income ratio extremely extremely high yeah and I've, I must just say that having had a dog um, that and we had pet insurance for it was the best investment we ever made um, I think the pet insurance paid out during her lifetime substantially more than we ever contributed so maybe there's yes, room for yeah. cat insurance but I also just want to add yeah, there's cat insurance dog insurance yeah, yeah. which we love but you may need that insurance could save you a lot of money but the one thing I wanted to add in just around this you know what do you add in your debt repayments, because one of the things we, we, where people hide the truth of their, their, their debt situation is they put in the minimum repayment on their credit card. And I'm not yes. sure that in the debt to income ratio, yes, from a bank's perspective, they would say it's your minimum repayment that mm -hmm. they would look at. But what would you, I mean, what would you advise somebody? Because, you know, we are I'm very anti, you're only paying your minimum monthly installment on your credit card because you'll be indebted for the next 20 years if you only do that. So how does one reflect in that credit card i'm wondering yeah uh, you, you know what my it, it actually makes me think of something i saw um someone saying you know i'm not trying to aggressively pay off my debt right i'm just trying to manage it and build up my savings i can understand in one point where you're trying to build up your emergency fund because if you do not have that then it's easy to fall back into debt but i hear i, I don't know I, I, you know it's it's almost like when it comes to personal finance and money, we try to convince ourselves that what I'm doing is the best thing. But when you do have debt, debt takes away money from you. And I always say, you know what, if you pay off your debt, yes, having um, had some sort of emergency fund 
that actually saves you a lot of money. So for me, it, yeah, yeah, I, I guess this week has been quite a lot of things, but it really just brings us back to that debt to income ratio where also, you know, it's, it's like a personal thing, you know, uh, no, I'm just going to pay the minimum exactly to your point, but you never really get out of debt. Yeah, I would say in that 36%, be more realistic and 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 look at that credit card. In fact, you shouldn't even have credit card debt. Okay, that's... <laughs> <laughs> but you were talking about the emergency, you know, and there is this discussion about, and I, I'm, I'm very with you where we're kind of it's really the messaging we're getting out is saying, go and, and really make sure you have liquidity at the moment. You know, I've had this discussion. I had money that I normally invest offshore every year. I've kept it here, um, partly because the rand just went to hell anyway. But also <laughs> like what's going to happen this year? Maybe I need the liquidity. Your, your money that you've saved for your car, you decided not to buy the car to keep Yes. So you Thank and I goodness. have both been quite concerned about our liquidity. And that is in the other ratio, um, is the liquidity ratio. Yes. And that's the ease at which you can turn your assets into cash if you need it. So that's your liquid liquid yes. assets relative to your debt. So maybe just take us through that. Yeah. So liquidity really is, can you withstand financial shocks? So your retrenchment, uh, a major illness that really requires you to um, put a lot of money or you don't, you, you can't work, for example. Um, it's that it's, it's money that should anything happen. I know we talk about very fancy words sometimes, liquidity, you know, Maya, <laughs> which is, I think sometimes puts people off or people feel overwhelmed to that type of language. It's really just money to say, you know what, do I have enough money in my bank account to make sure that I can still maintain my lifestyle? should any major shock happen to me, right? That's what it is. And with liquidity, it means that you shouldn't have so much debt because when you have debt, you need, you need to service this debt. Again, we always go back to debt as sort of like a trap and liquidity really is saying how much um, your liquid assets by your um, debt versus your current debt you have. So, and is there a ratio? Like, because you haven't mentioned a specific percentage. So what, like, is it, is it kind of, because, you, you know, it would be crazy to have enough liquidity to pay off all your debts because then, you know, like your house and car immediately because that kind of wouldn't make sense. You wouldn't have yeah, the debt then, in the first place. Yeah. So, so is it almost maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe a couple of months of payments or like how, does, how do we determine yes, that? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So it, as a rule of thumb, um, it's always six to a year's worth of your salary. So all your expenses should be paid. Um, you should take care of your expenses for at least six to a year. But remember, Maya, my belief also, because personal finance can get overwhelming once you hear us here talking about, oh, no, you should have at least six to 12 months of your salary in a bank account um, that is liquid. For a lot of people, it becomes very fearful. It's like, goodness, I'm not good enough or she's um, because I can't do that amount right now. I'm not there right now. Um, then I'm going to ignore the advice or how do I get there? It feels overwhelming. So for me, and I think you've even mentioned this, start with a specific amount in mind. Yes, you know, that's what you should aim for. That's the goal. But start with an amount in mind. So if right now you can make sure that you have 17000 in a um, seven-day notice account, maybe, as an example, or a different bank account where you're not going to be swiping it at any point, that's a start. But yes, the goal is six to 12 months. So I, I actually um, always, the, yeah, I mean, I know the six to 12 months, that's what we say, but I actually work on three months for me because I think that's at least three months is 
is probably doable eventually you get to that three month one um and then and then my next strategy is looking actually at my mortgage if i had to go beyond three months to what extent could i use my mortgage because i've got equity built up in my in my property because i've paid off my mortgage a bit quicker so i think it's also about finding those that balance because it does i mean six months to a year you know you're going to say what's the opportunity cost of not being invested or maybe putting that money in my bond yeah so i think that yes. so i like to keep some money that is really really liquid you know in in a sort of seven day notice that i know it's there and it, it just makes me sleep better at like my pillow seeing that money there <laughs> like oh there it is so it's so nice it's so nice i feel safe Check it, my money. i feel safe uh but then i also know that uh, and this was very interesting during covid i mean i'm you and i've been incredibly fortunate to still be able to earn because of online and we've still been able to convert all those speaking gigs into <laughs> to webinars. But, um, yes, you know, in the beginning, it was like that fear of what happens when all of this work comes off. It doesn't happen. And, you know, one of the, um, I actually spoke to the banks and I said, what if somebody has paid an extra to their bond? Maybe they've got even like a couple of hundred thousand sitting extra in their mortgage. You know, what is the best strategy? And you could actually literally draw out and say, right, I'm drawing out a hundred thousand now from my mortgage it's in the extra and i'm going to pay my bills you know if you've been retrenched or if you are in a position where and then you actually pay your monthly installments uh, mortgage installments from that that capital rather than sort of juggling and 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 taking debt payment holidays and all of that it actually just works better to say mm. right i need to 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 cover myself for the next few months um i have the liquidity I've been, I have built up the liquidity in my mortgage. I'm going to actually draw that liquidity now and I'm going to live off a budget. And I, I, I you know, trying to get clever with interest and like how much, it's actually about discipline. It's about saying, right, this is my income for the next three months. This is how I'm going to live. Um, I'm going to pay my bills because actually that, that, that uh, extra money I've been putting in my mortgage was part of my liquidity. So I think that's also been a very interesting, yes, yes. an interesting way of dealing with it going into, into these difficult times. No, absolutely. And it actually makes me think of a question I got, Maya, on Instagram. Someone said, should I be using um, my house or bond to save in terms of like an emergency fund? So I think that really is answering the question. So I'm going to tell her, mm. come and listen to this podcast. Because my answer is Absolutely. That. <laughs> <Prefer>. <laughs> and then we have the solvency ratio. Like, are you solvent? This is an interesting one. So this is your net worth versus your total debt. Yes. And, and that's, that's a scary one for some people. That's a very scary one. I, I, we, you know, we do money makeover. We got our finale coming up. And um, it was very interesting. It was actually Nonu showed me this. She joined, she did 227. She used the 227 app during the money makeover. And you know that she shows you what you owe and what you own. It yes. actually has that on the dashboard. And how it, she's been sending me snapshots to show how it's been changing. But that's oh, quite lovely. a number. It yeah, is. that's quite a number. It is. And I think, Maya, so especially if you're just starting out in life, a lot of the times you will have debt. So you, you would have financed your car through the bank, you would have financed um, your house through the bank, and you'll probably not even be paying um, the capital amount, right? Because we know the first couple of years of owning a house and you have a bond is that you're really just paying interest in the first couple of years. So with a solvency ratio, it's really just saying, okay, your net worth, which we spoke about earlier, uh, divided by your total debt. You know, how solvent are you? Do you do you really actually have money? Because, you know, with even with the net worth calculation, a lot of the times we put your house is worth 5 million, but maybe perhaps at that point you've only paid like 
20,000 or you've only paid 100,000 of that. So solvency ratio really tells you if <laughs> um, you are building the assets and you actually have money, if you can call it that. You have the real, real assets. Do they belong to you? Actually, do they exactly. belong to what, you or not? What of your house do you actually <laughs> yeah, own? Actually, there we go. <laughs> and, and this solvency ratio is actually, it works off, off so if you, you take your net worth, you divide it by your total debt, times by 100, it'll give you a number and you said that number must be greater than one. So yes. if it's greater than one, you're solvent. If it's below one, you're insolvent. <laughs> you're on the wrong side of the one okay you've got to be above one and i think that that also to me that and the net worth calculation are really good trackers just to say and even set a goal saying i'm going to grow it from from below one to above one but then above Mm. one to what you know like how am i going to, to progress that and i like that that just in your head you know that you know you're a, that you're kind of on the right track when you're getting above one uh because now you actually own more than you owe um, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you actually own, own some of that house <laughs> <laughs> in real life. Yeah, in real life, in real life, yeah. on not just on balance sheets. And and like like we said earlier, if you're starting out in life, normally that will probably be below one, below uh, that number one. Uh, but again, as Maya is mentioning, try do do the calculations and you know put it as a benchmark for yourself. Okay, well, thank you so much, Maplo. I think that has given us, I don't know, to me, this has really given some fantastic um, numbers that you guys can really start using to identify whether or not you are on the correct road to financial freedom and uh, make sure you are on the upward trend. So that's a wrap for today. Um, If our listeners would like to learn more about these or any money-related topics, they can go to the City Press website or to your website, womanandfinance.co.za, or my website, mayaonmoney.co.za. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send us a WhatsApp voice note to 064-554-3959. And we look forward to hearing from you. Because we want to know what it is that you want to know. You've been listening to the My Money, My Lifestyle podcast, featuring contributors of the City Press personal finance pages.